listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Along with Giselle, Joel, and Kyrie, we're here until midnight. Then it's Sports Center all night on 98.7 ESPN. At the bottom of the hour, we'll be joined by Calvin Watkins. He covers the Dallas Cowboys for the Dallas Morning News. He and I share the, a season on the Jets beat. So he'll give us a unique perspective of having watched Jamal Adams and then hearing on the other side about how the Dallas Cowboys are interested in Jamal Adams or how Jamal Adams is very interested in the Dallas Cowboys. We'll do that. And Dak Prescott signed the offer sheet. So we'll take that, take care of that at the bottom of the hour. Of course, we'll talk about Major League Baseball. It appears as though we'll have a season. Well, possibly. We'll find that out by tomorrow night, whether we will definitely have a season. And, of course, uh, there was some interesting things going on in NASCAR. We'll talk about that as well. But I want to get your thoughts and talk to you, of course, about Jamal Adams. But there's protocol that has come out in a memo obtained by our Adam Schefter about how the National Football League is going to prepare for their season. And it was interesting because, and we'll have that as part of our top stories next hour, we'll hear from Dr. Anthony Fauci. He was on the Michael K. show today and gave his thoughts about football. But this is an interesting memo, and it's interesting on how the NFL is mandating each team to develop basically a game plan because training camps are scheduled to begin next month. You figure, what, last week of the, of, of the month, usually 20, July 26, 27, somewhere along there. And so what the NFL is mandating is that each team develop an infectious disease emergency response plan. And what that does is it sets forth the team's protocol for containing an outbreak of COVID-19. All right. So what the NFL is asking is for teams to designate employees in the following manners. Tier one, tier two, and tier three employees. And then they have to turn these plans into the league office seven days before the first mandatory reporting date for players of the 2020 NFL season. So a tier one, give you an example, a tier, a tier one will consist of players, coaches, trainers, physicians, and necessary personnel who must have direct access to the players. All right. That's your tier one. Tier two will consist of general managers, football operations employees, other assistant coaches, video personnel, security, and other essential personnel who may need to be in close proximity to the players and other Tier 1 individuals who may need to access restricted areas. Now, only individuals assigned to Tiers 1 and 2 will be permitted access to these restricted areas, and there will be limits on the number of individuals from each team that can be assigned tier one and tier two access at any given time. So as you see what the NFL is trying to do, and rightfully so, is to limit the amount of people who come in contact with these players. And this is going to be the challenge, ladies and gentlemen. We, When we're talking training camps, we're talking sometimes 90 guys in a camp because you want to have as many guys as possible, A, because you're looking for depth, but B, because you're looking for competition and you need other people in the camp so that you, you don't wear your guys out. Let's continue. Tier three will consist of certain operational personnel like in-house media, broadcast personnel, 
field manager, transportation providers, and individuals who perform essential facility, stadium, or event services, but do not require close close contact with Tier 1 individuals. Team and other personnel who work exclusively in areas of team facilities that are or will be completely cordoned off from the rest of the facility do not need to be credentialed in one of the three access tiers. Okay, so you got that? So basically, you've got three groups of folks. Tier one will be players, coaches, trainings, trainers, and physicians. They have to have direct access to the personnel. Tier two, general managers, football operations employees, other assistant coaches, video personnel, security, and other essential personnel who may need to be in close proximity to the players and other tier one individuals. So for me, that would include uh, PR people. All right, because obviously they have to be in contact with the players and the coaches because they have to, you know, have conversations with them, brief them on preparation for, to meet the media and so on and so forth. So they they would be part of your tier two. And then tier three are, you know, in-house media, uh, broadcast personnel, field manager, transportation folks, and the rest of the people. Okay, so... The NFL now forcing teams to establish that tier system that has become the unofficial summer preparation for the start of camp whenever that's going to begin. And once again, normally your training camp, late 20s in July, 26, 27, 28, it depends. Uh, so we'll see when that happens. Obviously, personnel with access to restricted areas must undergo daily testing and answer a series of questions designed to assess whether the individual has been exposed to the coronavirus or has exhibited symptoms. Social distancing, cleaning protocols are also spelled out in memos sent to teams. Masks are required in facilities unless they interfere with athletic performance. So here's my questions. And it's very simple. When you go into a training camp, usually when we go into a training camp locker room, now understand, we don't get to go into training camp locker rooms very often because usually there's no room. <laughs> Normally for training camp with the way the Jets have run theirs and the Giants have done something similar is that normally they will bring a player or you request who you need. And if you're doing a one-on-one story, you're doing something unique that's just you, they will, a PR person will bring that player to you and you will be off from the side of everybody else and you'll have your interview or your discussion. If it is, usually they will deem a day, let's say quarterback day, and you'll have a chance. They'll bring all quarterbacks to the podium or a tent. That's the main tent where everybody comes. The coach speaks there. And whoever the position of the day is, they will speak there. And so each of those quarterbacks will be there. And that is more of a group session. That's more of your what you normally see at a podium where players standing in front of a podium, addressing the media, answering everybody's question. So it's not the one-on-one that you would normally have if you're working on something specific with that athlete. Maybe it's a rookie that's from this area. and You're talking to him about what's it like coming back? How are you doing? What what was your feelings like when, when we have preseason games at the stadium? What's your ticket sell like? How are you getting extra tickets? Who's coming? All that stuff. So that's how that works. 
So the question for me in that locker room, you have your regular stalls of the, of the roster that's normally there. Okay. Your, your, your 50 guy roster that's normally there. In the middle of that locker room are portable stalls where players dress and sit next to each other. They're portable and they're on both sides. So you may have, let's say you have for argument's sake, 10 portable stalls on one side and 10 portable stalls back to back. So if you've got 20 folks, how are you going to social distance in that situation? How are you going to stagger? You have to stagger the, the uh, taping times. You've got to stagger. You know, how are you going to share their, the locker space? How are you going to share the, the, uh, you know, the room space where they are? You don't have room to, I know it's supposed to be six feet. You don't have six feet. These guys are next to each other normally. So how is that going to work in a locker room area? How do they do that? The space is not that big. Okay. It's not. So obviously they're going to have to make adjustments. So I'm very curious to see how this is going to work, but this kind of gives you an idea take you behind the curtain of what the NFL is trying to require every team to do. So every team has got to, once again, identify their tier ones, identify their tier twos, identify their tier threes. And most importantly, the cleaning protocols, social distancing, and daily testing. That's what they're trying to do to make sure that they are on top of making sure their athletes do not develop the COVID-19. And if they do, how to quarantine them and isolate them so that it does not spread throughout the team. You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Jamal Adams, chilling, and he asked him, are you trying to go to the Cowboys? And he said, I'm trying. And if you're a Jet fan, you are extremely, extremely frustrated. And once again, you're frustrated because you you really don't know who to blame in this situation, right? I mean, once again, here's the scenario. And we say this over and over and over again. And Calvin Watkins will join us at the bottom of the hour from the Dallas Morning News. But he's under contract. Would you like to be able to lock him up? Yes. But honestly, you don't know what the salary cap is going to look like. And it sounds like, and if you go back to listen to him last season, it was very clear that he is done with this losing here in New York. So, and I think Damian Woody had an interesting uh, comment on Twitter over the weekend. And he was talking about how it takes a certain person, right, to try to stick it out, to, to stick it out and hope for, a rebuild to turn a team around to try and change a culture. So 
it's it, it it's not easy to do. And if you don't have faith in the organization, it's even harder. So once again, you know my position. I will never begrudge an NFL player, especially an NFL player, for trying to better his his circumstance and try to get more money because they're underpaid. And, you know, other than possibly bonuses or a certain amount of games, depending on the individual contract, their salary, their whole salary is not guaranteed. When a player in the National Football League signs a long-term deal, very often they will not last that long-term deal. They'll either have to restructure it or they'll have to, or maybe they'll be cut or sent, sent elsewhere. As evidenced by the fact that, you know, Le'Veon Bell sat out a year because he was unhappy and tired of being franchised and wanted a multi-year deal. And the Steelers wouldn't give him one. So you understand Jamal Adams' situation. You understand, too, that there's a lack of trust between he and the Jets. He just doesn't believe that the Jets really want him. And once again, this is a tough position for Joe Douglas because you want to sign. And right now he is he's your best player on this team. C.J. Mosley was not there last year because of injury. Sam Darnold has not stepped up to that part that you could say he is the best player on the team. But Jamal Adams has produced. Jamal Adams has done what he's supposed to do. Jamal Adams has been there. Jamal Adams has asked whatever Greg Williams wanted Jamal Adams to do last season, he did. And his versatility has made him, quite frankly, more marketable. So if you're the Jets, the question is, what are you going to get? Now, If you play let's make a deal with the Dallas Cowboys, the Dallas Cowboys are not going to have a very high draft choice. This is a team that some feel, depending on when the season starts and if all things go well, and if now that Dak Prescott is signed, well, has come to terms and is about to sign a nice deal for this season, that they could be a shot to come out of the NFC with, with the, Offensive line, healthy offensive line, the defense that's improved. A guy like Jamal Adams in your safety, in the, in the safety, in the secondary, that this could make them a very formidable opponent coming out. So if you trade with them, what can you get? You're not getting a very high draft choice. You know that because they're too good of a team. So maybe He wants to go to Dallas, and obviously he's just continuing to try to force his hand and make the Jets look like the bad guy. But if you're the Jets, you can't just – if you're going to trade him, you have to get something substantial for him. You can't just give him away. And unless Dallas is talking multiple picks in multiple rounds and a player – that's ready to step on the field and be a difference maker right now. If you're Joe Douglas, you can't make that deal. You can't. Under any circumstances, you can't. It's got to be a difference maker. You have to get a game-changing player right now if you're going to make that deal. Otherwise, it makes no sense to make it. You can't make it. 
And for me, listen, like I said, he may want to go to Dallas. He's from the area. I know. Wants to come back home. I got it. But still, Jets don't have to do that. He is still under contract. And they could still work out a deal with him. So while he may want to go to Dallas, for me, he's not going to Dallas. 1-800-919-3776. Buddha's in the Bronx. Hey, Buddha, you're up first on ESPN New York tonight. What's going on, Uncle Larry? How you doing, man? I'm doing great, Buddha. What's happening? Hey, listen, I just got a couple of questions. I got three questions for you. Two football and then one basketball. Um, for, with the football, like, you know, let's take the emotion out of it as fans and, 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 you know, as New Yorkers. And let's just ask yourself one question. If not for money, if you were Jamal Adams, would you want to play here? Let's be honest. Seriously. <laughs> you know, I like, and I know how we get as fans, you know, mm-hmm. and the people, we want people to say and do what we want them to do. But, you know, traditional answers to a question like that would be, you know, you've been playing for a good team. You know, you're playing for a team that's popular nationally so you can really market yourself. Are any of those things going on with the Jets? Not right now, no. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't I don't see why it's such a shock that after three years he would want to get out of here. Come on, man. You can, you can hear it in his voice even when Todd Bowles is here. Oh, you heard it you last know? season for sure. Yeah, yeah definitely. For sure, last and, season. I mean, like, it's understandable. Let's cut it out, man. Like, like, you know, we want to get mad at people all the time. Sometimes, like, you know, you got to take your perspective out of it. And, of mm-hmm. course, as a fan, I want him to stay. But, like, why would you want to stay? I, I have no reason why like, I would be able to explain to my family why I would want to play for the Jets. And, they, and they're my team. If I was good coming out of college, I wouldn't want to play for them either. But, um, you know, second, man, you know, I just want to see, like, I'm trying to figure out, like, I was listening to what you're talking about, about, like, what football is going to do with these tiers and all this other stuff. So, like, the object or the idea of what the NFL is doing is saying they're going to social distance every day up to the games. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <And on> the- <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, That's it's, right. It's, it's patently ridiculous, man. I mean, come up, on. Up until they hit the field. Up. Not even games. Up until they hit the field. <laughs> For practice, like, they're going to social distance until practice. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not laughing because, you know, I, I would love to see football. I, know. But, I mean, this is not the, this is not the time for any team sports, and I, I don't know what it's going to take for these people to understand that, you know. But lastly, with the basketball lag, man, you know, I got to be honest with you. You know, I was thinking about this a lot, man. You know, and I just want to ask you what you thought, man. You know, mm-hmm. do you think like some of the NBA players are, um, you know, saying that they don't want to play, you know, really because they're kind of scared of the COVID, but they're trying to wrap the, um, you know, the mini revolution that's going on around the reasons why they don't want to play. Oh, yeah, I think it's very comfortable for them to kill two birds with one stone. I really mm-hmm. do. I really do. Uh, and to be honest, I think it's, it's admirable that they're taking, whether you're not sure which one it is, I think it's admirable that they're leading you to believe it could be in support of the protesters as opposed to the health. <laughs> because, you know, in a sense, because I think there's, there's a lot of pressure on them to make mm-hmm. sure that they say something or do mm-hmm. something because there's so many of their colleagues that are making that effort, that are standing up, that are marching, that are joining the protesters. So I think there are some of them who are very concerned about it, about the the virus. And the other part of that is, Buddha, if their teammates are going mm-hmm. and saying, okay, yeah, I know what you're saying about COVID, but I'm there. How does that look 
to you if you don't go for the same reason. Right, like, like you're saying? strong for something. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know, I mean, and, and so tough, that the, 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 the politics in the locker room and the clubhouse is even deeper than sometimes the politics in, in, in the political arena. Because Especially it's about guys not mm-hmm. yeah, it's about it's about holding each other, you know, accountable. It's about, oh, you don't really have my back. We're going to, you know, because you know players, we're going to do this together. We're brothers and the, the brothers on the spot. We're going to war. We're doing all this other stuff. And so if you're not on that side, you know, guys kinda look at you with the side eye. You know, a guy like LeBron, listen, like Larry, man, I love everything about LeBron, like what he stands for uh, as a man of color. Love him to death. But you can see and you can feel it, like, that pressure to try to be compared to, like, Jordan yeah. and the all-time greats, mm-hmm. it's like forcing him to try to get this season going. I mean, you know, normally a thoughtful guy like that, you know, he would take a pause. But, I mean, yeah. I feel like he's applying pressure. It's really interesting, Boone, and thanks for the phone call. Because remember, he has taken the stand, and he got criticized for it. Earlier, his stand was, I play for the fans. If there's no fans in the stands, I'm not playing. And then people are like, oh, so you want fans to come here to get COVID to watch you play. Is that what you're saying? So that that's what you mean. And so then he reversed it. So now the question becomes, what is he really going to decide to do? Is he really going to want to play? Or is he really going to say no? You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. If I were a Jet fan and I wake up and somebody, because, you know, one of my friends who wouldn't be Jet fans would send me that tweet, right? They would forward it to me. And they probably wouldn't say anything. just said, Check this out. And there's a guy saying to Jamal, are you coming to Dallas? And he says, I'm working on it. I'm trying to. You'd be like, oh, man. One of the one of the few really good draft choices we've made. And he don't want to stay. And yes, I know that they offered him a contract early. And yes, I know that he's been despondent over the past couple of years about because, you know, he's, he's a guy that wants to win, you know, and he's outspoken about it. And they haven't been able to do that. And they've made some overtures about contracts and they just haven't done it. And I think to the Jets in the back of their mind, they're like, well, listen, he's under contract with us. He can force a trade. He can't force a trade, rather. We own the trade rights. We own this contract. He can set out if he wants. He's not going to do that. So we'll just wait and make it what's best for us. And, of course, Jamal's pushing the issue like, I want to go to Detroit. And as Bart mentioned today on Barton Hahn, it's, you know, the Jets, if they're going to get a legitimate draft choice that they feel other than they, and, and as I mentioned, you got to get a big time player too. But other than a, a starter that walks on your field and is a prime time player, what draft choice are you going to get for the Dallas Cowboys that's going to have an impact on your team? Not the first rounder, clearly, because the first rounder, what, 28, 29, 30? If they go to the postseason, you're not getting anything. 
Mike's in Queens. Hey, Mike, you're next on 98.7. Good evening, Larry. How are you? Okay, Mike, what's going on? Uh, you know, Larry, when it comes to uh, how do you play football and social distancing, uh, the Jets can't because, as we saw last year, the Jets secondary, the other team, the wide receiver is running wide open. So, And the offensive line just lets the uh, defensive end just run by him. So you got social distancing there. But, uh, Larry, when it comes to playing these sports, in theory, you need, what, a week of every play, every coach testing negative. Now, Larry, when, to put, and, you know, it's like to use, to say the players are in a bubble in, in Orlando, well, they may be in a bubble, but around them is a cluster of disease. So, I mean, do you, I, you know, it's funny. Do you, do you, do you move the players? To, I mean, do you maybe change the hub? Uh, I don't know. New York is doing pretty good. Do you maybe change where you move them? Uh, you know, in New York, three months of, of no contact with good Florida doesn't do anything. Up. But when it comes to you know, getting these players all healthy, you know, these states that are rising up, do you move the players? Do you just, you know, take, take, take them out of that area? Or when you do quarantine them, Larry, the whole, using the whole, the, using the whole hotel staff, the hotel cooks, Larry, this is, if they want to do this quarantine correctly, Larry, there is no hotel maid. No, okay. She's, she's not, she can't, she goes out to, she goes to a house. She's not, she's outside the, the bubble. The team would have to bring their own hotel staff. Okay. The cook, no, no, no. They don't cook. And you need your own kitchen, okay, your own laundry room, okay, that's, that's the true bubble. Okay, so the people who give, who clean the players' clothing, who cook their meals, they need to be in the bubble with you, okay? So the cook you bring, sorry, cook, two months, no family, you're, you're with us. So do you move the players out of these states? Do you maybe use New York as the hub for now? Do you, you know, to, total quarantine? But, Larry, if they want to get this right, they need to start doing some things because, the way it's going now, there's no sports, Larry. Okay, the way things are now, no vaccine, there's no sports. So, to, so to have sports, they need to start doing some drastic changes because things, because it's not getting any better. Not, You're right, not Mike. outside of New York, anyway. You're right. You're right. And thanks for the phone call. It, it is the whole idea of the NBA with the players not being able to leave, but people who are serving them can be able to leave. Is just it, it doesn't work for me. And I know they're going to test them. And I know they're going to take their temperature every day. I got it. I understand that. But what? What I hear Dr. Fauci say on the K-Show today, it takes sometimes four or five days before you, if if you notice symptoms, and if you're asymptomatic, you have none. So it's going to take you four or five days if you before you even notice that something is going on? No, that's, that's, that's that doesn't work for me. Sam is in Flatbush. Hey, Sam, you're next on 98.7. Hey, oh, hey, what's going on, Uncle? What's up, Sam? Yeah, I'm doing good. I was a little confused when you started playing guitar in the night. It was for the Jets, the Mets, or the Knicks. I was just getting a little confused, but then I realized it was a Jets holiday today. Yeah, it was for Jets today, Sam, but you're right. It could apply to all. How about Jason Kidd as your next head coach, Sam? Eh, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I have two points on uh, um, what, what I think on the Jamal Adams thing. First of all, if they are going to trade them to Dallas, I want C.D. Lamb and next year's first rounder. I really love to get C.D. Lamb out of the draft. Mm-hmm. And if we will get that offensive lineman, Anthony Lamb, I thought he was the best wide receiver in the draft. And that, that maybe I'll be, I wouldn't be so mad. 
But if I'm a GM in the league and I'm one of the GM in the league, I'm going to start showing it to these players. Who are these players to start asking for contract after three years? Don't say what the Jets could do. They can say, okay, Jamal, don't play this year. doesn't play. Next year, don't play. Don't play again. They could ruin his whole career. You understand that if he doesn't play, his career is gone. Then they can franchise tag him just to stick at them. These players after three years, they have to play. They don't have a choice. It's not a choice. Okay, Le'Veon Bell, I, I mean, I like him. I don't like the way Gase uses him. He lost money because he sat out. He sat out in Pittsburgh. You know that mm-hmm. he would have got. A, he would have. He would have got the same contract. And he would have got that eighteen. What was it? Eighteen twenty million dollars that year. And now the Jets could come after this year and get much less. I'm sorry. If the, all the GMs would have some backbone, they'd all. I don't know if they'll lie to, if it's considered whatever. They would all speak together and say, "For now on, whenever players do this, we're going. We're going to play tough. We're not going to let them get away with this garbage." You know what? Say you're going to sit out. Sit out. What do you care? We we have a whole team here. You're ruining your whole career. You practice your whole life for this, and you're going to sit out a season. I don't think any player will really sit out more than one season. Well, I hear what you're saying, Sam, and thanks for the phone call. To be fair, that is called collusion, and you can't do that in the National Football League. You really can't do it in many sports. Uh, but so the owners, it, you'd have to prove it, but it would be kind of obvious with a guy of Jamal's talent if nobody went after him in that scenario, then that would be collusion, which he and his agent could prove. Uh, I understand your frustration and from the Jets' standpoint. Uh, it, it's a tough scenario here. But once again, the Jets have leverage. They don't have to trade him. And I know you're not the first person. There was somebody else that reached out to me on Twitter. And I'll let you know who that is. Uh, it was uh, S.O. Walchuk. C.D. Lamb next year, number one and a two for Jamal. So you and he are on the same page. Uh, he also had to take him, please. He's a leader of an army of one that would the soldier known as either me or I. So I, I understand your frustration with that. But, you know, once again, he's a guy who and we can all agree he has outplayed his contract. He has done better. He is the best player on this team. It's just unfortunate that for him, the Jets own the cards right now. They don't have to trade him. They can just sit there. They They own his rights. And he can complain or not play or play. He's got to play because that's how he's going to get his worth up. I mean, you know, if if he doesn't play, then how do we know what he's going to be like in a couple of years? You know, so he's going to play. Um, he's not going to be happy, but he's going to play. And right now that he's just going back and forth and trying to exercise whatever he can as far as, uh, you know, trying to get a little bit of leverage and try to force the Jets hand into making a move either to send him somewhere or to sign him here. Gordon Damer has got your Tuesday ready and waiting. He's got a Twitter poll question for you tomorrow morning as well at 5 a.m. So check out the Gordon Damer show. Leading you into Golik and Wingo, tomorrow's guests include Tim Kirchin talking about the latest deal with the Major League Baseball players and owners that could have a 60-game season starting in a little, little over a month. Right. Adam Schefter will give you an update on what's happening in the National Football League. And Quentin Richardson, 13 year NBA veteran, will tell you about this bubble or no bubble in Florida. You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Back to the phones. Trey's in Brooklyn, Texas. He is next on ESPN New York Tonight. Hey, Trey. What's going on, Larry? How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. Everything is everything is progressing. Everything is good. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Uh, people still ain't wearing no masks out here, Larry. I'm going to send you something on Twitter in a minute to show you what I'm talking about. 
Well, um, that, that, that's going to lead into our uh, shout-out tonight, too, unfortunately. Unfor- unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So let's go to work, Larry. All right. Um, I want to apologize to all the health officials and the hospitals in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. You guys have done a tremendous job in the first round of COVID-19. You guys sacrificed you sacrifice time with your family. You sacrifice time, personal time with friends. You worked with uh, inadequate PPE and worked very long hours, double shifts on, on occasion, unnerved with the threat of getting the coronavirus. And unfortunately, Trey, Bucks County health officials say one third of new COVID-19 cases reported on Saturday are linked to one person who spread the virus at a recent house gathering at the Jersey Shore. The county's health department reported that 11 out of 33 new infections were traced to that New Jersey resident. This is a, this is according to a news release. And the New Jersey Department of Health reported that the exposures occurred at a college age house party in Cape May County over Memorial Day weekend. The municipality was not disclosed. The cases reportedly are mild and contract tracing is ongoing, according to the agency. So while we talk a lot and I know people get tired of me saying, oh, you're sitting here. Here go Larry again talking about, oh, make sure you wear your mask. I don't want to wear a mask. Why I have to wear a mask? This is why. This is why we talk about it. This is why we bang it into your heads. This is why when Dr. Fauci was on the Michael K show today, he talked about, you know, how New York has done such a great job. New Jersey's done such a great job. Trey, most of the people are doing the right thing, but you get, as you say, you get close to that finish line and you don't cross it. You stop short. You're like, we're good. And you're not always. So unfortunately, and this is, this is local. We already know what's going on in, in parts of Texas and in parts of Florida and in parts of Arizona and even in parts of Oklahoma. So we know what's going on where the, where the cases are going up, but this is very close to home. So I wanted to take this opportunity while we shout out those, those hospitals who did a great job in, in South Jersey and of course in Bucks County in Pennsylvania. We also have to share that your, your work is about to get heavy again. Right. And I mean, like I said, man, these are things that can be prevented. You know, yep. certain things are in this in this life, Larry. You know, things some you you know things can't some of these things can be prevented. But you know, the fact that we're so cavalier, man, and so laissez-faire about this thing now is really unnerving. It really is, Larry. So again, you know, shout out to Bucks County, Pennsylvania, man. Um, we're going through some stuff down here, so it's tough, Larry. I mean, <laughs> you know, mitigation, man, is one word. You know, it's real mm-hmm. simple to say. You know, it's just. We got to do it, you know, and, and, and washing your hands and wearing these masks and just covering up your face and, you know, d- definitely doing those little things are going to go a long way to, you know, you know, getting rid of this thing. And, and hopefully, like Dr. Fauci said, I was paying close attention. Brooklyn guy, by the way. Yes, absolutely. Guy. Oh, yes. Big time. You no know, question. just listening to him today, just, you know, just, I don't know, man. He's hopefully, hopefully we have a, a vaccine by the end yeah. of the year, start of 2021. So. Hopefully, because people aren't listening, man. So hopefully we can get a vaccine so people can get back to their lives, man. It's mm-hmm. like, and I say that tongue in cheek, Larry, but God bless America. Come on. Like, yep. we got to do better. We got to do better. Um, I want to shout out. I, I want to go to I want to go to Naughtyville. And if you don't oh. know where Naughtyville is, Kyrie knows where Naughtyville is. That's East Orange. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So we're going to go to Naughtyville EO tonight. And want to shout out East Orange General Hospital for all the hard work they're doing, man. You know, again, Larry, you know, we say this ad nauseum. You know, 
things can be prevented. But we have, fortunately for us, we have healthcare professionals that are Superman and Superwoman. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So they just they throw that cape on, which is the PPE, and they go to work. And that's what they're doing over there at East Orange uh, General Hospital. So I just wanted to shout them out tonight, let them know we're thinking about them, lift them up in prayer, say that yes. we just appreciate all the hard work that they do and the sacrifice that they put in daily. So just wanted to shout them out tonight. Absolutely. Here, here. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. So I got, I just want to talk about I want to talk about this NASCAR thing first. You know, um, you know, it's sad that uh, something like that would, would would go on. I told you last week that I worked at at the track in Bristol, Tennessee. So I know firsthand about all those flags and the eye screws and everything that I got when I was just working security at that at that place. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, man, I, that had to be an inside thing. I, I don't want to, you know, not say that somebody didn't slip in or whatever. But I mean, you know, we got we got roots in this thing too, Larry. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Dewey Gadsden, Charles Wiggins, Wendell Scott. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yes. These people paved the way for yeah. for what people now recognize as NASCAR. You know what I mean? Know you learn your history if you don't know those people. Google it or do something. Read a book. I don't know how you know people don't understand that. Like we, you know, we pioneered that sport as well. Mm-hmm. But you know that's another story for another day. I just right. you know it's sad. It's sad that in 2020, man, we're finding nooses in people's garages. Yeah. You know. I'm real big on testicular fortitude, Larry. You know, I, I think that Bubba Wallace would respected it more if whoever did it did it to his face. Mm-hmm. You know, don't don't cower away like my man Chris Carlin said earlier. Don't run. Mm-hmm. If you, if you had the testicular fortitude, you do it to that man's face. Yep. You know what I mean? If you hate him so much, show him that you hate him that much. But you were a coward, whoever you were. You were a coward, and you took the coward's way out. So, like I said, don't give it no more light. I don't even want to talk about it no more. Let's not give it no more light because that was mm-hmm. a coward move. I'm yeah. a man. I move with men. You understand? Men do men things. You know what I'm saying? And that wasn't that wasn't a manly thing or a womanly thing to do. Whoever did it, mm-hmm. it was a coward. You're, that that was a cowardly move. So you know it 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 doesn't bear any fruit to to talk bad about these people, Larry. But I just it felt it just it, it just pissed me off and it made me a little upset. So I wanted to voice that to you, gotcha. uh, Jamal Adams, real quick. You can't do this in the press, brother. You know, this is this is where, and, and I mean, you're doing it at a really wrong time. And, and dear God, I hope we don't pay him and he got hits like his father. <laughs> you see what I'm saying, Larry? You remember his dad, right? I do. Yeah, <laughs> I hope. I, I, <laughs> How many hip surgeries did he have with the Giants? Yeah, he had a couple. Woof. He had a couple. Come on. He had a couple. Come on, man. I mean, you can't do this in the press. You got to do, you can't. I don't know who his agent is, but they're steering him wrong right now. You know, and 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 you're gonna force you're gonna mess around and force the Jets' hand, and like like Bart Scott said, they're gonna ship you to Cincinnati, and they're not gonna send you to Dallas. And if you want to go to Dallas so bad, and you're trying to work it, then you need to get in the office with Uncle Jerry, and let's get this deal done. Since you're mm-hmm. since you're now uh, brokering deals, so get it done. You want Dallas so bad, you don't want to be in New York, and you know how I love my city, Larry. Yes. My, I, I, the greatest city on the planet. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be here. We do not need you here. Because if last I checked. The last Super Bowl, he what, what trophies does he put in the case? None. None. You see what I'm saying, Larry? And I know yep, it's a team sport, but yeah. I just, Larry, come on, man. We cannot continue to have malcontents running the organization. I don't think Joe Douglas is the type that's going to let somebody run his business for him. You know what well, I mean? Listen, I don't any, see that happening. Any general manager worth his salt is not going to ship Jamal Adams away unless he gets a deal that's going to blow him away. 
And they're Absolutely. just not going to do it because you need right. a guy. You need a guy that you need another impact player at another position right now and some draft choices. And if That's it's right. Dallas, your draft choices are not going to be that good. So it's, it's, you want to trade him to a team that is not going to be very good because the draft choices will be higher. Smells like Cincinnati to me, Larry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you. If he, they trade he is him. Going to if back, he's going to trade back him. Himself. Yeah, if they trade him. And, again, you're talking about two to three more years of team control. Yeah, exactly. Jamal, you've got to be smarter than that. You've got to be smarter than that. I mean, what are you going to do, sit out? Because if you miss training camp, then you don't get accrued credit on your, as far as your year. Isn't that correct, Larry? That's right, yep. So, so then they'll find you, right? And then you see what I'm saying? Like, then that's when it gets ugly. This, mm-hmm. this is an unwinnable battle for Jamal. It yeah. really is. I, I, ho- I know that Prez is smarter than this. You've got to be smarter, man. You just stop doing interviews. Stop doing sound bites. Let the process play itself out. You will get your money. I understand that you want it right now, but like I said, Larry, it's and he's going to lose fans because this is really hard for somebody that's trying to put ramen on the table, mm-hmm. hearing this dude skyscraping all around the country and his private jet probably scraping yeah. over millions. You see yeah. what I'm saying? You're going to yeah. lose fans either way. You're going to lose fans, so you might want to be careful. Got you. You're right. Thanks, my friend. You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN.